Welcome back to the show. One common theme I notice across all areas of business is that business owners want to leverage their time and their content more, and they don't always know how to go about doing that. So today I'm bringing you my friend Deanna Pippinger. Deanna's specialty is that she takes one piece of content that business owners create on a specific platform and turns it into content that reaches their audience in many different ways, including podcasts, YouTube videos, Instagram lives, email, newsletters, social captions, and so much more. So today she talks about what that process looks like, how to find and hire someone that does content repurposing, and how to test to see that someone is the right fit for you and your business. Now, Deanna is a former elementary school teacher turned mama, podcast manager, and content creator. She loves being able to help her clients make a bigger impact by streamlining their content strategy. When she's not on her laptop, she loves being a wife and mama to her one and three-year-old girls or sipping iced coffee or boba with other mamas that inspire her to dream big. Now, speaking of dreaming big, if you haven't already downloaded our Dream Team Starter Kit, it's something that I spent a lot of time this season creating. It was something I created for business owners who are really unsure how to bring on the next or first hire in their business. This workbook helps you get really clear on your goals and your vision for your business, who you are and who you want to bring on. There's a time study that gets down into the nitty gritty of what you're actually spending your time on. And no, you don't have to turn it in for homework. Nobody's going to see it. But really knowing those tasks that are taking up the majority of your time and seeing if those are actually income producing or business growing tasks, or if they're just admin type tasks, busy work, or things that aren't in your zone of genius. And then we have a spreadsheet that you can plug those tasks in, record a little video and put the link in the next time you complete those tasks, and even a box to show you which category of contractor you might want to hire for that. And you'll be able to see visually very quickly where you need the most support right now in your business. So if you're interested, the link is in the show notes. You can find this free download at julietraining.com backslash starter kit. That's julietraining.com backslash starter kit. Now on to our show with Deanna. Welcome everybody. I'm so excited to be hanging out with my friend Deanna on the podcast today. Deanna, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. I have been looking forward to your episode and we were talking a little bit before the show and how much people in the online business space, I think have this feeling or inkling, or they've been told they need to take their content and really leverage it and repurpose it. And that's what you're here to tell us all about today. Yes, absolutely. Smarter, not harder, right? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So I would love it if you would share a little bit about your journey into the online space. Um, You know, what brought you to this world and then what have you been doing? How's your business evolved and and what brought you to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. I have a background in teaching and so I did that for about 12 years 
And then as we started trying to figure out how we were going to grow our little family, I realized that teaching was not something I could do super well and mom really well at the same time. And so I decided I needed to look for some different options. And for a while I was doing, you know, creative stuff like VIP kid, which is kind of like not a thing right now. Like it's even shutting down. But then I think I got targeted for a Facebook ad for Michaela's program or something. I don't know how I found her, but there weren't very many people in the program. Like when we kind of got started and so there was more opportunity to connect with Michaela and it was, it was just really cool because she was a teacher too. And she like was talking about all the ways that she translated her skill set. And I was like, well, heck, if she could do that, then I bet I could too. And so I signed up for Michaela's program and that's how you and I met. And her community is just amazing too. People are so supportive in there. So it was just a really easy way to slide in um, just because there were no stupid questions. And I um, started out just as a general VA and Michaela encouraged me to go to a local meetup in my area. And the lady who um, ran that ended up meeting a VA. So I went there to make connections and got hired by someone locally. And then, you know, from there, uh, just one client led to another referral, led to another referral. I actually didn't do a ton of marketing. I was active in Facebook groups, just trying to add value and connect with people there, but like not a lot of explicit marketing, I guess, just lots of networking. Yeah. And so one of my first clients, she had a podcast and she asked if I wanted to manage it. And I said, I have no idea how to do that. And she said, I'll teach you. And from there, I was just like, I love podcasting because you learn, you connect with people, show notes, there's writing involved. And then you're just like getting their content out to their, their audience each week. It's like such a, you know, a process from start to finish, but it's so rewarding when you like put it out there. And so, yeah, that's kind of, I started niching down into podcast management. And then from there, that's kind of when I realized, oh my gosh, this like one piece of content could actually go so many different directions. So that's kind of where like repurposing kind of surfaced from there. So yeah. And for those that don't know, so you're talking about Michaela Quinn's program, Mm -hmm. Overwhelmed to Overbooked. Yeah. And she teaches primarily women how to take the skills that they already have and translate them into online businesses. Mm-hmm. And so we we met via a LastPass question, which a LastPass it is a, like a virtual password storage manager, which can be very tricky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I used Julie as my tech support and put an SOS out and she responded quickly. And I think ultimately the answer was to turn your computer off and turn it back on. <laughs> I am known for nothing if not my <laughs> wise business advice. Profound. Yeah, I did not, in fact, lose that client that I was sure was going to fire me on the spot because I couldn't figure out LastPass. So it, it is when you're starting out, everything feels oh like gosh. if you don't know how to do it, they're going to figure you out that you're a fraud, you're an imposter, and they're going to find somebody who actually knows what the heck is going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
there was a, a lot of stories that I wrote in my head that were completely untrue and come to find out my clients were like sad that I was sitting over there sweating that much because there's, they've been there too. So they get it. So, right. yeah. So I would love to talk about now that you do repurposing, could you share with us, like when we talk about content repurposing, what we mean by that? How would you define that if somebody asked you what that was? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of people know they should be doing it and it is, it is really smart, but it is really time intensive. And that's why I found that it has been a very marketable service because I can do what people have mapped out in their head they just don't have the time for it. And so generally speaking, I take what I found works best is to take a podcast or um, it could be a Facebook live or a, a YouTube video, but to take more of a, a long form piece of content and then be able to break that down into social media captions and an email for the week and like if you have a podcast, another thing to make sure is like there's ways I can help in providing strategy because there are tons of people who will just throw their audio up on YouTube. And while for some people that works fine and the SEO can work to their advantage, YouTube is not really for super long form content. It's more of that snackable eight to 10 minutes. And because YouTube wants you to stay on the platform and, and continue binging. And so if you don't pay attention to the rules of each platform and the expectations, then it just looks kind of sloppy in some ways. Again, you can do lots of things. <laughs> doesn't mean you should. And so, you know, for one client, I was helping her take she would ask kind of like a bonus question at the end of her podcast to her guests. And we used that bonus question as the YouTube and she was recording the video at the same time as she was the audio. And so we were able to take those or you can make teasers, um, video teasers. You could make reels. You could, you know, do IGTV. So it's really endless, but it just, you have to determine where are your people and how do they need to hear from you the most? So, right. So when you're thinking about content repurposing, the goal is you're taking one piece of content, ideally a longer form audio or a video, you know, upwards of 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking that content and you're using that same content to then form the basis of several other types of content that you want to put out. And so you're not then recording a podcast and then also spending a lot of time writing separate social media captions, a separate newsletter. You, Your one piece of content becomes the cascading sort of thing that then informs the rest of it. So you can really have someone come in and leverage their time and their energy by saying, if you just show up once a week and record this episode or mm -hmm. do this video or this live, then I can take it and turn it into all the other things and platforms. Because I think one common thing with people who work online is we feel like we should be showing up all the places. Mm -hmm. And there is a curation of figuring out where your ideal clients are hanging out and really right. leveraging those spaces. And yeah. also we just all can't be in all the places at all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think what people don't realize is that, 
especially for larger businesses, they do have people behind the scenes really leveraging what their client is doing, like taking that one piece of content that they love doing and turning it into the magic that happens. So they're not spending countless hours during the week that they could be using to really leverage and build their business on social media and um, content tasks. Absolutely. And I always encourage my clients, like choose the plat, choose the medium that is most authentic to you because And the reason I said, you know, podcast and video is that it makes it super easy for me as a writer to pick up on their brand, their voice, all their little nuances, their little, hey guys, or, you know, or those just little things that they always say, I'm able to really quickly pick up on those things. And to the point where usually it's a process of, I create captions or I create the email and it's like my clients do 10% of the tweaking. And then we quickly close that gap to 5% to 2% to, Hey, if this publishes without their eyes on it, like I'm actually like, they have so much trust in me that it's not that big a deal. And, and, you know, anything that you're creating for your audience, it is about creating connection. And so if you are less worried about the presentation and just like showing up to help people solve that one problem or set of problems and just being you and your quirky or your serious or your introverted or extroverted self, whatever it is, that is, is going to be the easiest to, to transfer. And that is why people are going to connect with the content in the first place. So, so I love how you're sharing about the importance of showing up authentically in your own voice and who you Mm -hmm. are. And I know for myself, uh, when I started out, one way that I was able to sort of start to find my voice is by purchasing templated captions. And so it wasn't like I was taking those and just publishing them the way they were, but they gave me ideas and a place to create from. And I found that now where I'm at, I'm able to really much more easily come in and share what I would like to share without using those templates, but they were such a great support to me at the time. But I've definitely found the more I've been able to find my voice and share authentically, those are the posts or those are the ways that I connect with people that make a much bigger impact than any of the, the other content that was, was just let naturally less of who I was. So I, I love that you shared that. And I wonder if you've also noticed for your clients that as they're able to leverage and find the voice of the content they're already doing, if that increases their, I don't know what you would call that analytics, their return on the investment mm-hmm. in, in terms of connection and growth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think just like you mentioned, you got to start somewhere. And so if you need to purchase templates to get started, just because you're like, the writer's block or, you know, the creativity is just not flowing. Like, absolutely. But you'll find pretty quickly that those, those are not what's going to get the most engagement. But if you need to, you know, consistency is important. So if that helps you be consistent, I think that like when I'm another client just said that, you know, if you could provide the content, you know, for my, my Instagram feed, it would allow me to show up in 
reels and IGTV just when the inspiration strikes and I feel, you know, inspired to talk on this one specific topic. And I think that when you have structure in place, then you have more creativity can, can come from that. And I think that's a little bit backwards for some people. I think a lot of creatives would say, oh no, like I just need, I need maximum uh, flexibility. But I think a lot of times when you have structure in place, that's when the anxiety reduces and then you're able to step in because you know, everything's taken care of. And And that's kind of the peace of mind. I think I like to offer my clients in that way. So that's really powerful. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to business owners who don't show up on social media in the way that they want to because they feel like it's not consistent or they haven't heard from me in other ways in so long that it even feels inauthentic when they then get inspired to share something, but they haven't been online in a week or a month or you know whatever that time looks like. A, you're not going to get the engagement that you want because... Uh, whatever the platform right. is like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're new here. Have we met? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then the other part is they just, they can, it can feel icky, like energetically can feel not good. If you feel, mm-hmm. I really feel passionate about this new opt-in that I created. And I want to share it, but you haven't mm-hmm. been just sort of talking. So I think like you said, the structure of knowing that for them, they have something going out. It really does free up that that space and that energy to then say like, I can show up and the the algorithms of the different platforms are going to support that when I do show up, then mm-hmm. in those times, it's really going to leverage that in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. And like for a lot of people, you know, being on video, one requires that, you, I mean, it doesn't require, but a lot of people feel better and more confident if they're, they, you know, have gotten ready for the day. So it requires a more planning and it requires more energy and that's that's not a small thing but if you can do that one or two times a month or even batch you know some of those things when you are feeling good and you know it's a a good time for you to be investing that energy that direction then that, that just is really satisfying as well i think we would be remiss in not talking about sort of the range of where people can start with this and then before they're ready, also how they can start to think about setting up their systems or their content creation in a way that if their goal is to bring someone to help them with content repurposing, that they're set up in the best way possible. But in general, if somebody was going to say, I want to just get started with content repurposing, creating something and leveraging that, what would a starting price potentially look like for that type of service? Yeah. Well, and like you said, just because of the variation, because of the amount of time each of those things take to make sure that they're adjusted for each of those platforms can change from package to package. But I would say like for like a 10 minute video a week, probably about 1150 would be a starting range. And the value in that though, is that you don't have so many subcontractors in in so many different parts of your business. And so you really are able to stay consistent in your voice, in your messaging, and 
for me, it's extremely fulfilling just because I can do a deep dive in going deeper into content and, and just exploring it on so many different levels. And there's a huge trust factor with clients too, because they're like, oh, I don't have to worry because she's listened to literally all 50 of my podcast episodes or, you know, whatever it is, there's a mastery level over the content that's there, or she's taken my course or however your content is going to be delivered. So Yeah. So I think that's an important thing to talk about too, is that you have the skills that you can also produce and edit their podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what you, you know, you've done for a long time so well, and also edit and publish their YouTube videos. And so Mm -hmm. there's lots of ways that you can have then a podcast editor that then can also repurpose all the content from the podcast. So literally from start to finish, it's a seamless process of having someone show up to do that piece of content and then everything else cascading happens from there. And like you said, you don't have a separate contractor for podcasts from Mm -hmm. one for social media, one a VA that's maybe putting out your newsletter. And then there's just more opportunity for wires to get crossed or for the entrepreneur to have to come in and make corrections in tone and voice and intention because there's lots of cooks in the kitchen. Absolutely. So when you think about what you do, can you share like why this has really resonated for you and why you love what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think you and I have talked a lot about like how important the the journey is in in terms of what you're learning and how, how you make pivots. And I think that in this world, you have to be committed to failing and failing fast. And, and I think the more that you're able to, to bounce, just to understand and realize that that's an expectation, the more you're able to get aligned faster. And I think that when, you know, Michaela says, think about your ideal client. And I was just like, I have no idea. I have no idea. And that can be really overwhelming when you get started. But the more clients that I've had, the more I've realized exactly either either it's their content that I'm aligned with, or it's their personality. Because there are some people that I've worked with that I don't, I'm not as passionate about their content, but who they are as a person, they're impacting their world and helping people make they're giving them life-changing results. And and I am about that. But otherwise, I think that being able to either have to break up with a client because of my choice or their choice has really taught me a lot in identifying the red flags really early on. But it's also helps me realize like if I take a look at somebody's content and instantly excited about what they're doing, then I am able to take it to the next level. And I'm able to show up in a a way that serves so much better. And like, for example, being able to leverage my teaching background, two of my two of my clients are former teachers or teachers who are trying to take or trying to quit so that they can take their business full time. I know the pain points of teachers who are overworked and overstressed, especially right now. And so it's really easy to connect with those. And another client 
being able to talk about health and fertility issues. That's something I struggled with in the past. And so like being able to identify those pain points and speak directly to them, like there's something that is so amazing when I send something over to a client and they're like, holy cow, that gave me goosebumps, you know? And just knowing like I was writing directly from my heart, you know, and to that this was not just a a transaction for me that this I am empowering them to make a bigger impact on their audience. That means everything. So I I think this transitions really well into the next question then because when somebody's thinking about hiring for a position like this, I would love to talk about how you would advise them to find the right person for them. And also on that same side, like red flags for somebody who's hiring for this, right? Because there's a lot of skills that are involved in content repurposing and where there are some people who are really good at copywriting, some people who are amazing podcast managers, there's, you know, a host of skills that are sort of blended up into this one position for you. And How can somebody, when they're hiring for this, know that the person that they are thinking about working with has this range of skills that then will really benefit them? Can you speak to us about what that process looks like when somebody's trying to find someone to repurpose their content? Yeah. Well, I think in a situation like this, you definitely want to, one, ask for a chance to look at their portfolio if they have that and and be able to see like what was the process like what was the starting form of content and like what were you able to do with it so being able to see that what they've done with other clients is a good starting point i would also suggest doing a paid trial because that gives both of you the opportunity to recognize one, how you interact in terms of organization and workflow like does that person that you're hiring, do they take care of you? Do they do they have systems in place? Do they let you know what's still needed from you? And like, what's your responsibility and what's the whole handoff process? So a paid trial is going to allow you to see how you interact. Like, you know, on the communication side, are you, you know, using email, using Boxer, are you using Zoom? Like what's going to work best for you and and is that clicking for both of you and and then you can get an understanding of what that process looks from start to finish and if there's if there's big holes in that and there's like those trust issues are going to surface pretty quickly but if you're like oh no this is great because i would say so many of my clients are like okay this might not be 100% on target, but the fact that I didn't have to start with a blank canvas took, you know, like 99% of my anxiety away. And so just the fact that I'm starting with this and then I just tweak it and then can give me that feedback. Again, we're continually closing the gap. And so if you feel like it's a 90% there, but there's, you know, 10% that that's a good place to land in terms of your comfort level. If you're having a lot of questions the communication, the deadlines, those types of things you feel unsure of, you feel not taken care of. In that department, you don't understand the posting schedule. You're not getting walkthroughs on on what's been completed, that, those types of things um, so that you feel 100% confident that like, if you never even opened your IG or your Facebook for the week, 
it would still get posted. Those would, those would be things that I would say kind of to look out for. Yeah. I think that's really good feedback. And for anybody that's working with me, or if you're asking for my advice about hiring, I would say paid trials are a completely normal and acceptable part of some hiring processes. And I would not advise anybody looking for work online to do an unpaid trial for someone. I think we've all been around long enough to see how that can be really taken advantage of and ultimately just not a great use of, of everybody's time and energy. And I would not be part of a hiring process for a client that asks someone to do an unpaid trial. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think even if you are just getting started and like you're in your Instagram and you're like, oh my gosh, dream client alert. Like I would love to work with this person. Like cold pitch them because your enthusiasm is so flattering. And I have gotten a couple clients just because they're like, you're like way too excited about my content, (laughs) you know, and they want to give you a shot just because that's what they want on their team. They don't want someone who is meh about what they're creating and the impact that they're having on their people. So if that's exciting to you and you're like, that is my expertise, that is my sweet spot, you know, you could do a couple captions for free, but I would say that that would be the max. But it would, sh- even if you don't have experience, it would it would show them what's possible. And again, your energy and your excitement for what they do can go a very long way if you're just getting started. So I think what you were talking about also really transitions well into the next question, which is what do you wish your clients or potential clients knew before bringing you on? I think a really easy thing that you can do that you might even be doing already And this can be as simple as opening a note on your phone, but creating content buckets and identifying what are all the ways that the different ways that I show up to serve my audience. And again, this can be like super simple in terms of a Google Doc or a note on your phone, but identifying all those things like what are you the absolute expert at? You also want to be able to just open that note or that Google Doc and keep adding to it, even if it's just like a little notes, just so that you could bring that document up and break it down for someone of these are all the ways I want to show up, whether or not you've actually been doing that or not. These are all the ways that I want to show up because you never you want to keep your your content fresh. And the more that you can cycle through all of those buckets and continue adding to them, then that just prevents you from getting to burnout mode and allows you to always be providing that person that you're bringing on your team to just have a source to pull from at all times. It's a great time to ask the question then. Something that you and I talk about behind the scenes a lot is just what someone's business journey will look like. And not everybody's journey looks like this path of, I started a business, opened my computer, and then six months later was making six figures. And like we said, ultimately, that's not a lot of people's goal too. They want to have this balance. Well, I mean, like you mentioned, I feel like you especially have been a, a really safe place for me in this, just because 
it's been interesting because you have kids who are a little bit older and mine are really little. And, you know, I had both of my babies. Well, I had, when I got started, my little one was not nine months and then I had a baby and, you know, those are really trying seasons. And so if I'm trying to compare my business journey and my work week and my goals to yours, it's really, really unfair, you know, because your kids, you know, pre-COVID are at school for a huge chunk of the day. If you need to be on a Zoom call, you can get them busy with other things. Whereas mine, you know, they're going (laughs) to, I only have clients at this point who are totally okay with my kids bombing my Zoom calls, you know, just because I'm tired of dismissing them, you know, and I really, and so just understanding that, like, I'm going to have time and space eventually, but I will never get this time and space with my little ones. Um, Like, I don't get to repeat that. And so it is okay if I want to take some pressure off right now and know that they will go to school and I'll probably have more time than I know what to do with, you know? And again, like you were saying, you, you can never compare people's background because it's like, yeah, you may have taken the same program, like, like Michaela's program, two people have taken the same program, both became copywriters, but one had 10 years of marketing experience and the other was a stay at home mom. That's not a fair comparison. And the more that I've worked with my clients too, the more authentic they've become in the back end of their business and realizing some of them are not taking a profit, you know, on the surface, they look super on their Instagram, you know, from what other people are seeing, it looks like they're doing super, super well, but it's, they still understand that they're in the investing stage and they're in it to win it. But it doesn't mean that they don't have days where they're a puddle of tears at the end of the day. And I have never worked harder, honestly, than in this journey. So Um, So there's no, this business of like, make money while you sleep. I mean, yes, passive income is a thing and you, but it's process to get there. There's strategy involved. You have to fail fast. Like we were talking about, like you have to figure out what doesn't work before you figure out what works. And there's ways to fast track that for sure. Tools, resources, investments, but there's been some investments that have 10 X my, you know, my business and some that I like, what in the world was I thinking like, or what were they thinking that they thought they could have (laughs) this kind of impact on me, you know? And it is what it is. Like you learn from it and you, you go from, you go a different direction, but not everything works. And then sometimes you just flat out change your mind, you know, and all of this is a refining process. So it's, there's no, there's, it just needs to be so much grace. But I think, again, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. Well, and I think the more we can commit to showing up authentically, and I, I definitely have room to grow in this area too, but the, we, I think of there's a really um, well-known online entrepreneur who publicly has said she had a seven-figure launch, and then she said she ended up coming out of that launch in debt. And she's spoken about that, you know, in blog posts. So this isn't like some, you know, I'm not revealing something from behind the scenes, but I think people don't realize how 
much more common that is than that would appear just if you look at people's social media feeds. So the Mm -hmm. more that we can commit to showing up authentically. And also we can all, I think, be more discerning in who we consume content from and also asking the right questions Mm, because somebody could say, you know, I certainly have known, and I'm sure you do too, solopreneurs who bring home revenue wise Mm -hmm. more than people who have really large revenue generating businesses, just Mm -hmm. because the the way they've structured it at that point, the Mm -hmm. operations costs and all those things, they're bringing Mm -hmm. home the same as someone who's potentially working less. Digging a little deeper to see more of what's going on under the surface and not being so harsh on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, I thank you so much. I can do that all day because it's it's about mental health and it's about being true to yourself. And I want people to know, I want people to be prouder of themselves. Yes. Um, You know, of just saying like, I started a business. I did that, you know? And I have two small kids, you know, like just to, just to say that, you know, and if people could be prouder of themselves and, and sit and stop at the, before they say, but I really should be, you know, it's like, no, like, what are you doing? And let's celebrate that. Like there just needs to be so much more of that. I couldn't end on a better note. I (laughs) I think that was the gem right there. And I, Thank you so much. This is I anytime I get to spend with you, this is this oh, is the best. And I totally agree. I would love for if people want to connect with you, mm-hmm. continue this conversation or share feedback about mm-hmm. the episode. What do you think the best way for them to do that is? How would you like them to reach out? Yeah, I would say I'm the most active on Facebook. I create a lot of content on Instagram, but I am not very active there. So connect with me on Facebook or you can check out my website, just deannapippinger.com. Yeah. So I would, I would love to connect. And we'll have all those links, of course, in the show notes. I will see you personally on the Voxer and we'll see the listeners in the next episode. That sounds good. Bye.